Welcome back to the Baller Verse Podcast Super Bowl Edition. And I'm welcoming myself back, Alishan Lalani, and I'm here with my host, Usa Babari and Raheem the Dream Merchant. Welcome back, guys. How are y'all feeling? Uh, um, I'm, I'm still recovering from from two weeks ago. It's, yeah, it's been it's it's been a rough couple of weeks here for, for for all of us, I think. Yeah, I um, it's been probably a very uh, you know, I, I feel like um. I feel like anything else in life could be easier than just losing another NFC championship at this point. I think, I think I'm just used to it at this point, but it still hurts the same. (laughs) It's, it's unfortunate for what happened. This travesty, I would say the robbing. Uh, I think this was uh, way worse than uh, that feeling that everyone had when Aaron Gordon got robbed of his dunk contest last year against Derek Jones. (laughs) I I think it's been way worse than that, to be honest. you know what, guys? We're going to get back into the episode, and we're going to get everybody up to date with what's happening. Also, do you want to tell us what's on the menu for today's episode? Yes, sir. So today is the Super Bowl special. So unlike the rest of our episodes, we're going to keep it a lot shorter. Um, we're going to dedicate all the topics only to Super Bowl-related, NFL-related um, information. So for today, we will go through and recap the NFC and AFC championship games then we will go in and talk about the MVP award and who is most deserving of it. There's only one person. Um, and then after that, we're going to get into the QB carousel. A lot of wild things happening over the past week, um, especially in the quarterback realm in the NFL. And then finally, our final predictions for the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP award. So, with that, let's get started with the recap of the NFC and AFC championship games. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's a, it's a matchup that we've all been looking forward to in the playoffs for years. And finally, we got to see it happen. It was an incredible game, I will say for sure. It's exactly how we expected an Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady game to go. The Buccaneers took the lead very quickly in the first at the end of the first half, 21 to, to 10. After the second half uh, started, Aaron Jones fumbled the ball and gave it to them in the red zone, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored again. It was 28 to 10. Aaron Rodgers and company mounted a comeback. They were down 23 to 28 in the fourth quarter. At this time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were driving. And on back-to-back possessions, Jair Alexander picked off Tom Brady. With the ball in the fourth quarter two times, the Green Bay Packers did nothing with it. Then Tom Brady goes down, scores, and um, the Buccaneers score a field goal. Game is 31-23. to With... With about four minutes on the clock, we have Aaron Rodgers drive down the field with just above two minutes left. It's fourth and 10, or it's fourth and goal on their eight-yard line, and Aaron Rodgers is not on the field. Granted, the Packers were down by eight points, and Aaron Rodgers is not on the field. Instead, they send Mason Crosby to kick a field goal and then trust the defense that's let them down the entire day to stop Tom Brady. And unfortunately, the defense was not able to stop Tom Brady. 
due to some uh, dirty laundry the refs, the refs decided to throw at Kevin King on a third and 10. And because of that, the end score was 31 to 26. And the Green Bay Packers have lost another NFC Championship game. And Tom Brady, and let me say this out loud for all of those who think I still doubt this. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time in NFL history, is going to his 10th. He's in the double digits. Only player. 10th Super Bowl. And if he goes to win it, it will be his 7th. So... That is what happened on the NFC side. Now we're talking about the AFC side, the Bills and the Chiefs. Josh Allen, the up-and-coming MVP candidate versus another MVP candidate in Patrick Mahomes. Now, this game started off very rocky for the Chiefs. They took a, uh, the Bills took a 9-0 lead very early on due to some mistakes by the Chiefs in the first quarter. And then the Chiefs laid the spanking on them. I think it was almost 35 or 34. It was like 31 or 35 unanswered points before the Bills scored again in the four, again. Like, um, oh, sorry. No, sorry, sorry. That was wrong. That was from the previous game. And then the Chiefs laid the spanking on them, outscoring them 21 to 3 in the second quarter. Then piling it on in the second half with a 17-point to 12-point lead, ending the game 38-24. to Now, mind you, Patrick Mahomes is also a bad man. Threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns. Josh Allen played an outstanding game. But Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 172 yards. Man, what a game. And honestly... I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are just used to this. They go down early on in all these uh, playoff games and then come back and just destroy teams. But we are now set for a Super Bowl matchup for the century. Tom Brady, the six-time Super Bowl champion, and Patrick Mahomes, the one-time Super Bowl champion, but... So everybody's saying the future greatest of all time, possibly. We'll go at it at it one on one, mano y mano. Well, not one on one. That's fifty-three versus fifty-three because the the roster. But <laughs> they will be going head to head in the Super Bowl, in what ends up being a almost. This is like almost like seeing like a Kobe versus LeBron or like a you know Kobe versus Jordan type Super Bowl. So this is. An incredible opportunity um, for all NFL fans to see history happen. And that's my recap. Alishan and Raheem, what are your takeaways from this weekend? Or not this weekend, last weekend? Well, I will say that despite my opinion of what happened in the Green Bay and Tampa Bay game, uh, with a, no offense, the refs had, in my opinion, the refs screwed over Green Bay, even though Green Bay hadn't made mistakes towards the second half. Despite my opinion, Tampa Bay won. Tom Brady going into his 10th Super Bowl with overall of all time with two teams, if I may add. Once with the Patriots, of course, and now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his first year as a Tampa Bay Buck. 
Um, I will say that it was a really good performance by Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin had five receptions and 110 receiving yards. So I give props to Chris Godwin for showing up that game. Um, that's the only person I'm going to give props to. No offense. I'm not giving that touchdown prop to Scotty Miller. Um, I just felt like that corner literally gave up on that play and just Kevin gave that King. opportunity. Kevin King was the uh, liability of the game. Right. He, literally, you had one job to guard Scotty Miller, and literally you slow down over the shoulder. Any corner knows this to not slow down against slot receivers that do wheel routes. And you let them do a real wheel route on you and literally catch a touchdown. So I, I, I'm literally not going to give it to him. The only player I'm literally giving it to in this, in this situation is Chris Godwin. Um, he literally killed it for that team. Um, and Mark, man, Marquez Valdez Scantling literally was trying to play MVP status for the green Bay Packers. It wasn't even Devonte Adams that had the most amount of yards. It was, MBS. So with that's that's with that. Um, in terms of the Kansas City game, I really enjoyed seeing Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, um, you know, back and forth. Uh, both of them combined with 290 yards, uh, close to 300 between both of them in receiving. And uh, I definitely loved how Patrick Mahomes. I and one thing, this is one thing I like about Mahomes. Mahomes is a general. He literally is a general. When McCole Hardman literally had fumbled that one play and McCole Hardman was beating himself down, beating himself down. Mahomes literally went up to him and was like, hey, man, you know, get yourself up. You know, you're going to do better. You're going to do great. We, need, we, have, we have our game out there. And then McCole Hardman all of a sudden runs a 50-yard run. So literally Mahomes has shown that he's a general to these guys. He's literally shown his commitment for the Kansas City Chiefs and for all the players that are there. So it was definitely enjoyable to see two future stars, two future Hall of Famers in Josh Allen and in Patrick Mahomes battling it out um, neck and neck and props to Kansas City for getting themselves into their second Super Bowl in a row. Um, It's definitely going to be a great matchup uh, to see Tom Brady versus Mahomes uh, passing the torch, if I may add. So, you know, looking forward to seeing that match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, just both of you guys pretty much touched bases on it here. I'm actually going to look a little bit at uh, statistics outside of the game. This, uh, you know, just kind of watching both games, you know, obviously King, just he was he was the kryptonite that killed Green Bay um, on the defensive side there. Yeah, you never expected to be one of your own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely definitely heartbreaking to, you know, see how King kind of shot themselves in the foot or he shot the whole Packers defense in the foot there. Uh, but just looking at it here, like, you know, just different stats aside from the stats within the game. Uh, this is Aaron Rodgers ninth consecutive to multiple touchdown game. Uh, that is an NFL record. So yes, in the playoffs, right? With the loss, but you know, he, uh, he, he does have an NFL record there with the most consecutive uh, multiple game touchdowns there. And then, you yeah, know, just, the just going here. <laughs> right and, and you know obviously with the loss with, with, with the good there is the bad there as well right so so it's good that he has a nfl another nfl record but another bad note here is he becomes the third quarterback to have fewer than two wins and four or more losses in the conference championship game since 1948 uh, the other two are ken staber uh, stabler and donovan McNabb. 
So we're going way back. Um, and only three quarterbacks have done that, and Rodgers added himself to that list. Yeah, those Andy Reid Eagles were in, like, the NFC Championship in the 2000s, like, every year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that until I, until I read that stat. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, uh, Andy Reid has, is no uh, – is no um, stranger to championship games. He's lost a lot of them, but recently, right. recently, good luck for him. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of good luck recently. Yeah, and then you know, just just uh, and going going going, you know, going based off you know, more stats here, right? Brady has now tied Joe Flacco with the most playoff wins by any quarterback in NFL history. Uh, just keep in mind, Brady and Tampa—they were the road team the whole entire uh, postseason here. Uh, they're actually the first non-division champion to reach the Super Bowl since the 2010 Packers did. So the last team to actually come out of the wild card round. Wait, he beat like, Joe Flacco in what record? Uh, well, the the most consecutive uh, playoff uh, road wins. Uh, the most oh, road wins. wins. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, oh, I was the playoff wins. I was like, whoa. I'm like, nah, Brady's <laughs> yeah, no, definitely got like, more. I'm like, yeah, I know Flacco didn't beat Brady, that. Stat. Brady ties Flacco with the most road wins. Um, road wins. Gotcha. Okay, by, the, by a quarterback in yeah. Flacco stay winning at road, on the road, man. Right. Oh, yeah, for real. Throw, throw picks to uh, Tom Brady's defense. I'm not, not going to talk about that, but still. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, the Bucks did become the first team a first non-division championship team to reach the play, uh, reach the Super Bowl rather, since 2010, and when the Packers did it. So, I wonder if Tampa while. is also the first non-divisional team to also play at home in the Super Bowl. They are. They're they the are. first. They're the first team in NFL history to play at home. They're the first team in NFL, NFL history to do that. That's yeah. and that's an. I mean, I'm whatever. Despite all that has happened inside the playoffs, that's a really big accomplishment to have and especially you're playing with barely any fans there's probably gonna be what like 20 i think of- they said it's gonna be like yeah 15 or 20 percent capacity right. uh, i think like a lot of the tickets are reserved for first responders as well which is really nice on the yeah. Yeah. how crazy is it how crazy is it that 20 percent of fans still made a difference like when i saw the bills and ravens play at the Bills stadium those 20 percent of bills fans that were die hard believing in them made such a difference to literally the baltimore ravens so imagine a packed like buffalo bill stadium saying hey we believe in josh allen yeah the bills bills mafia don't don't hold back man (laughs) that's what i'm saying so in this situation i don't know like i don't know if the crowd is going to make a huge difference with mahomes and brady i don't know if you know home team the home team is literally going to have a lot of bucks natives come in and cheer on tom brady to win their super bowl you know with the greatest of all time Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, you know, and speaking of Brady, another another stat that he had, you know, that he can add to his career, he becomes the fourth quarterback to play in a Super Bowl with, you know, with two different franchises. I know, LeSean, you didn't mention that. Um, he's actually the third, uh, third, the the third quarterback to play in a Super Bowl in three different eras. Uh, so he's played in three different eras there, which is uh, which is. Decades there, rather. Um, So, yeah, that's just some side stats outside of the game on um, on that one there. Uh, Going down here to the to the Bills and Chiefs. You know, it's you know, I I was I was riding Bills Mafia the whole way. Um, I I know you missed it. I was I was yelling Bills Mafia, cheering for them. You know, to 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 pull out that win. I'm glad you missed that week. He probably (laughs) would have been upset with me, Um, but. 
just just looking at it here and this uh, Mahomes, I said you didn't mention Mahomes stats here for that game. Mahomes is the first player in NFL history with 300 plus passing yards, three plus touchdowns and zero interceptions in multiple playoff games in their first four seasons. He just, is a monster. Yes, just just <laughs> and, and, and on the side note here, in, in Arrowhead, he has 15 career playoff touchdowns with without an interception. That's the longest streak at one venue in NFL postseason history. So he has yet to throw a interception in Arrowhead. Obviously, this game is not in Arrowhead. It's it's going to be in Tampa, so it might be different. But that's another stat to throw out there as well. And you know, Alicia, you you talked about uh, Travis Kelsey and and uh, Tyree Kill. They become the first teammates to reach 100 yards receiving together in multiple games this uh, this postseason. So they've. You know, they're they're just killing it out there, man. Like it's just it's one of those things that is killing them. Uh, and then one more last note here to just touch bases on the uh, the the city of Tampa itself, or, or the state of Florida, has joined the state of Pennsylvania from 1980 as the only states to have a finalist in all four leagues in the same season. You had Tampa Bay out in hockey, baseball and football, and then in basketball, the Miami Heat went to the finals. Oh, wow. I didn't know so that. This may be – and in baseball, they baseball they came second. Hockey, they won it. Basketball, they came second. This may be that, you know, that, that deciding factor to give them two wins and two losses. So that's yeah. another side note. Yeah, we live in the wrong state. We know Atlanta and Georgia <laughs> don't go anywhere anyway. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think – Honestly, I have I have my two cents definitely on the game. There was a lot of things that could have gone back and forth for Green Bay. Um, I think the biggest the biggest the biggest pain point for me was the coaching. Um, I think I think two two people are really to blame here. The first is the front office, and the second is the coaching in this game. Um, I don't understand how you're seeing Kevin King getting burnt on every single play. You signed Tremont Williams this week because you knew Kevin King was playing with an injury. If he's struggling with an injury, can you please pull Kevin King out and put Tremont Williams in the game? That is all I would have asked. <laughs> I don't care if Tremont Williams is old. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, the coaching could have been better. And second biggest coaching thing for me, how the heck do you get the ball three times in the fourth quarter and only put up, like Tom Brady threw you three interceptions. How do you only put up six points with three turnovers? Right. Um, I mean, look at the stat line. One quarterback threw for 350 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. And the other one threw for 280, three touchdowns and three picks. Who should have won the super, who should have won this game? Right. I 100% put this on the coaching. Um, honestly, this is, I mean, it also shows that football is a team game. It's not just a one-on-one sport, right? Tampa Bay's defense came to play. Um, Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times in this game. Tom Brady was basically a clean Jersey. He only sacked one time. Um, and on top of that, this, just that final, final play, um, that Green Bay had kicking the field goal and not scoring a, um, and not letting Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, or soon to be MVP of the league, which will lead into our next section segment. You have him at quarterback and you are not going to let him go for it on fourth down to win the game. I don't care what analytics say this. This is just like scared coaching. 
Um, it's just, you know, on Matt LaFleur's part, it's not championship coaching. It's, uh, you know, definitely shows inexperience. Um, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers misses the, the, the fourth down, then it's on Aaron Rodgers, And, you know, you can blame the game on Aaron Rodgers at that point. But at this point, you can't even have the opportunity to blame Aaron Rodgers because he didn't even have the ball with the last play. <laughs> and we've seen Aaron Rodgers do crazy things on fourth down. I remember a couple of years ago, me, me and Raheem were watching the Arizona game where it was fourth and 25 on Green Bay's own like five yard line. And Aaron Rodgers threw two bombs to freaking Jeff Janice and won the team, won the, uh, not won the game, but at least took the game into overtime. They lost in overtime, but they, he took it into overtime with like less than a minute left. I mean, he had a 95 yard drive in two throws. That's Aaron Rodgers. There's zero, there's zero seconds on the clock in, in Detroit. He'll throw a Hail Mary and we'll win the game. I mean, once again, this is Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about fourth down, go for it. Who cares if you don't get it, then you can blame it on Rodgers. <laughs> I'd rather that than you not go for it and not even give him the opportunity to take the blame. But in this situation, I like, you know, definitely there's blame to go around for Rodgers too. Hard to say when you have a 350 yard game and three touchdowns um, and only one pick, which shouldn't even have been a pick thanks to the refs not seeing PI on the Packer on the uh, Tampa Bay side. I mean, definitely a lot of frustration from my side. Um, and I think the front office definitely let him down. Mike Pettin should have been fired last year after the whole debacle in, in, in San Francisco. It was an absolute embarrassment of a game last year. And um, even now this defense once again, let us down um, outside of Jair Alexander. I have no idea who else showed up. So that was that. And overall, I mean, can't say enough about the Kansas City offense. I feel like they're the Golden State Warriors. Like, they can score so fast, so quickly. Um, and I think they're just so dominant. And Patrick Mahomes is just playing at an elite level. And I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Um, with that, I do want to get into our MVP um, pick. I know that Alishan, Raheem, and I all agree that and I'm pretty sure this is a consensus amongst the rest of the league as well um, that Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP of the 2021 or 2020 NFL season um, Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes um, Derek Henry these three also had amazing amazing seasons um, definitely great MVP honors but only one can be the true MVP and that's Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, over 4,000 yards passing. Uh, I didn't even include, I think he had two or three else, three, two or three more rushing touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, playing with a receiving core outside of Devontae Adams and, um, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, it was basically a receiving core full of practice squad and, and low round picks. Um, definitely second year in LaFleur's offense, he flourished and Aaron Rodgers is back to being Aaron Rodgers. And, after two seasons of, you know, playing pretty average for himself. I mean, it's, you, you know, he said it earlier this year, like a average season for him is a career year for other, other quarterbacks. That's just where we hold him up. Uh, he still shows that Aaron Rodgers is still one of the most elite quarterbacks in this game. Um, and it's just sad to see he can't get the Super Bowls. He always keeps winning the regular season awards and the records keep piling on for him, but um, the Super Bowls just don't. Um, but with that, Aaron Rodgers definitely well deserving, probably going to be the MVP. And um, 
I really wish that the first round pick was not used on Jordan Love. Otherwise, we would have definitely been in the Super Bowl with somebody else. <laughs> any any other player, a corner, receiver, lineman, any one of those would have helped. Who would you who would you have drafted instead of Derek Love? I said. Uh, instead of Jordan Love, I would have definitely picked either a wide receiver, corner, or offensive lineman. <laughs> any Patrick one of those three. <laughs> Patrick. I was I actually thought they traded up for Patrick Queen, which I was excited about, but luckily. Uh, you know, our linebackers, um, like our young linebackers worked out for us with Chris Barnes and um, and Kamal Martin and Kirksey stepped up too, but I don't think Kirksey is going to be here next year. But yeah, we'll, we'll gear up for that. But with that, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back, go through the QB carousel and share our picks for the Super Bowls. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Bullerverse podcast. We are here. This is the Super Bowl special. The next topic that we are going to discuss today is the quarterback carousel in the NFL right now. There was some major news this week between Detroit and the LA Rams. The Detroit Lions have traded quarterback Matthew Stafford for quarterback Jared Goff, the Rams first round pick in 2022 and 2023 and their third round pick in this year's draft. That means that the LA Rams for seven or eight straight years will not have a first round pick. Additionally, the lions will take on the cap space of Jared Goff and vice versa for Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams. So, Alishan and Raheem, who won this trade? Your thoughts? You know, do you think this was a good trade for both teams? Do you think this was a bad trade? Um, what do y'all think? I think personally, Lions have a little bit more of a win over Rams, even though I feel like both teams won. Uh, I feel like for the Lions, they're setting up a new future for themselves. You have a young guy in Jared Goff who's coming in. And he's going to be working with guys like DeAndre Swift and all the other young players on that team. You also have first round and second round picks that are also with your team too. So now the Lions are in a perfect situation to build their future. So I like personally for rebuild purposes, the Lions took the W. But I do feel like the Rams also took the W as well because they're in a win now mode. But the only cautious thing is you're playing in a really tough NFC West division. So you're playing against guys like Russell Wilson. You're playing guys against Kyler Murray. You're playing against the San Francisco 49ers that we've seen the type of threat that they are. Yes, they don't have Robert Sala on their team, but it's Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best playmakers as a coach. So overall, I feel like the Lions took W as a whole, but I do feel like that if it goes really well for the Rams and if they are number one in their division, then this, then this trade worked out for both teams equally. Yeah, yeah, I definitely second that. You know, just just on paper, it looks like you know the, the Lions definitely got the better end of it. Uh, but Alishan, like you said, it's kind of just that rebuilding mode, right? It was definitely a change of pace that the Rams needed to have. Uh, we, you know, me being a Rams fan, seeing how 
golf came in with uh, with Sean McVay. They went to the Super Bowl a couple years back, but after that, we saw a totally different Jared Golf out there. Like, you know, it's just a whole bunch of friction in the locker room with him and the coach, and it was just a change of pace that they needed. So having a face like Stafford, who is already an elite quarterback and already established himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the league, helping get the Rams to that next level on the offensive side and then bringing golf over. Like you said, he has the young players there like Swift. Keep in mind, Kenny Galladay wasn't even on the field as much either, right? Uh, So they have Kenny Galladay that will be back. They have those picks to build around as well. They can bring more weapons in for Jared Goff and get him another version of Cooper Cup that can go and help him on third downs. They do have tight end, the, the tight end available like they did. So the weapons are still there for Jared Goff. And I feel like it's just uh, it's just a matter of how the two quarterbacks adjust to their new roles with their new teams. But it's definitely, you know, it's it's a win for the Lions in terms of rebuilding, like you had said, Alishan. But the Rams are also in that win mode. And, uh, you know, uh, another side, side note here is Matt Stafford is, he's already experienced playing against better teams, a better division, right? He's coming out of the NFC North, who has Green Bay, Chicago competing defensively-wise, Minnesota. He has those, he's had that experience as well. So it shouldn't be that much of a change for him aside from the color of the jersey on his his back there. Yeah, honestly, I think Matt Stafford, um, I think this is a great opportunity for him to actually compete for a championship. I think the LA Rams went from a playoff contender to a actual like Super Bowl contender next year. Uh, Matthew Stafford is, is probably the one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I feel bad for him that he's been in Detroit for so long and he's been denied opportunity after opportunity. Matt Stafford, I, I expect an MVP type performance from him next year. Um, and I expect him to be, uh, I expect the Rams to be a championship level team next year. Um, especially with um, a, a full off season ahead of them and Matthew Stafford and a Sean McVay offense. Oh, I can't wait. And it's not just now. I mean, you have Matthew Stafford and it surprised me. He's only 32 years old. So they have him at least for the next five years at, and he's playing at a high level, even at 32. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And I think Detroit definitely has an opportunity here to really build a solid team. With these Hall of Picks, I think over the next two to three years, they can really develop a really, really good team, starting even with this year, just building around Jared Goff, getting him some help at the receiver or offensive line, wherever they decide to go in the first and second rounds in this year's draft. Um, But overall, I think they have some cap space to work with as well. And I think that Detroit is going to put together um, the best team that they possibly can. So I think both teams really worked out here. All right. With other news, we have um, the big hot topic is Deshaun Watson officially asked the Houston Texans for a trade. Now, where do you think he is going to go? I, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like the two teams that have the highest chance of getting him are the New York Jets and uh, Miami Dolphins. Personally, I think, I want to see him in WFT because I feel like the Washington football team literally has a progressive team. They have a perfect situation for a young running back, a young wide receiver, a young tight end and a up and coming defense. And so Deshaun Watson in that situation would have been so perfect. Um, But I feel like most likely the Jets is going to be the most perfect situation for him. 
especially if they're going to be building around the foundation around Deshaun Watson. Um, so those are my picks. I feel like either the Jets or Miami Dolphins. Okay. I'm going to actually keep it within that same division, actually. Um, I'm going to say Belichick pulls some Belichick magic and tries to get a trade with Watson. Um, we he, he, he did the Cam Newton experience there, tried to go, you know, try to fill that void for Brady leaving. And we saw, you know, okay, yeah, Newton did have a, you know, subpar season. It was a nice little comeback he had. But Watson's at a different level than what Newton is right now. Uh, Watson is definitely a step up from what Newton was. So I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick throws his uh, throws his hand in there. Uh, they do have the fourth most uh, uh, availability on the cap. So it's not like it's not going to affect them too much. I don't know how, how, uh, how much picks Belichick would want to give up for it, but they have the money to go ahead and, and take on that contract if they wanted to. So I think he might try to go to the, uh, he might get to, to the, uh, the Patriots there. Yeah, I think, I think for um, Deshaun Watson, the Jets make the most sense um, for a bunch of reasons. First of all, the Texans have already asked teams for um, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two defensive starters in exchange for Deshaun Watson. I think that's fair. Um, outside of Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson is probably the second-best young quarterback in the league. Um, and there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, the dude in, in a team that literally sucked this year had over 4,800 yards passing 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Um, you know, he's, he's elite. If, if he was on a winning team, he would have definitely been an MVP candidate this year. Um, with that being said, the jets have like almost 70 million in cap space, um, you know, doing the proper cuts and restructuring. Um, so they have a lot of money to take on Watson's contract and build more team uh, build a better team around him right get those offensive linemen that were needed for sam darnold um, not only that they have the hall of draft picks they have two first round draft picks this year um, they have um, multiple first round draft picks next year as well i believe and i think that the next few years are very critical for the jets um, and they're not in a rebuild mode for they're in more of a rebuild for now mode right they're not in a rebuild for long-term mode I think um, just by getting rid of those picks doesn't make a big difference because they have the cap space to sign whatever good players they want to sign right now and then figure it out. And they'll still have, you know, a good second or third round pick even in next year's draft um, to really continue to build the team. Um, given that the NFL cap this year is going to be lower anyway, they're going to get great players for a good bargain um, because like, honestly, half the teams have the cap space and most of the teams don't have the cap space. Um, this year. So there's going to be some tough cuts and I think there's going to be good availability for the uh, Jets this year um, to make a really good team around Deshaun Watson and hopefully Deshaun Watson can elevate them to a next level. All right. So with that, there is a few other quarterbacks on the um, on the quarterback carousel. We have Carson Wentz, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, even um, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, um, just to name a few of them. Uh, Dak, a few free agents we have is Mitch Trubisky, Dak Prescott, um, Cam Newton. So there are there is a lot of talk right now. I think Aaron Rodgers was even in the ring for a while, but that that sort of been put to put to bed this week with the GM, the coach, and Aaron Rodgers all coming out saying no. I'm like you know he's here for the long run. Um, so with that being said, 
Um, what do you guys think is going to, who, which quarterback do you think will be playing for a different team next year? I'm going to start off. I'm going to say Cam Newton. Uh, I think a few teams that are looking into him are San Francisco and WFT and Chicago. So my thing with San Francisco is if Belichick is high on bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo on the team, they could definitely do something where Newton plays with Kyle Shanahan while Garoppolo leaves and plays with Belichick. Um, we just talked about, and also you brought this up, Mitchell Trubisky now being a free free agent. Uh, my thing is that Matt Nagy and pretty much the staff in the Chicago Bears, they may be looking into the future for another quarterback, and that quarterback may be Cam Newton. Um, if you know they have a high-powered running offense, I feel I feel like Newton will be that guy to drive it through, especially playing with guys like David Montgomery, Tyree Cohen, Allen Robinson, and the rest of the Chicago Bears organization. Uh, the last team being WFT, you have a young core in WFT in need of a quarterback steering away from uh, Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, it could be a reunion, Ron Vera and Cam Newton. They have had history together in Carolina and they've shown that they could go to a Super Bowl together. So there is a possibility that that relationship could be paired and repaired for that very reason. Now, do I think it's not impossible for him to go back to New England? Devin McCourty did express that he would love to see Cam Newton, his guy, his buddy, his his bro, like come back to New England. Do I think it will be the best situation? Probably not, just because New England's in that situation where they're in need of another quarterback away from the Tom Brady era. They need to be classified as another team. They don't want to be classified as just another uh, footnote on the book in the AFC East division where you have high power teams like Miami dolphins, like Buffalo bills and an up and coming New York jets team. So personally, I think my first preference would be just a, a switch between Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Alicia, you, you definitely brought up Newton there. Um, you know, on, on my radar, I actually have him reuniting with Ron Rivera there and uh, on the Washington football team. I would I would definitely love to see that reunion uh, there again. Uh, but I'm going to touch bases here with uh, with another quarterback in uh, Dak Prescott. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to go to a different team. Uh, I do think Dallas should go ahead and at least bring him back for another year. Let him, you know, let him show what he still has can do after the, the, the devastating injury he had, give him a, a you know, a one year, give uh, prove me type of deal. So he can kind of prove that he still has it and then go ahead and sign him long-term again. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think the Prescott era should be over in Dallas. I know Dallas has a tendency of quarterback injured next quarterback up and they ride that quarterback. Um, Andy Dalton did his, you know, he, he did his best he could do there. I know they did have, they do still have Dalton available for him. But I think Prescott should be brought back there to Dallas to at least give them that other year. I think having Prescott there will actually help Zeke with the running game a little bit because they were kind of one-sided with already knowing that if it's a run play, it's going to go to Zeke because Dalton's not a running quarterback. You have that you have that, that uh, leverage there of having a quarterback that can actually run and scramble a little bit with Prescott compared to Dalton. So it could help. Zeke get back to that Zeke mode that we were used to seeing in the earlier stages of his career with uh, with Prescott. So I think Prescott will stay put uh, on that one there. 
Gotcha. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be um, actually a surprise here. I think that the 49ers are going to swing a trade for Kirk Cousins from Minnesota. Um, I believe that Minnesota may go after a different quarterback, uh, may go in a different direction, at least in the draft with the pick that they have. They could have Mac Jones or you know Trey Lance, somebody falling to them. Um, they could also make a run for Deshaun Watson as well. I think if Minnesota makes a run at Deshaun Watson, then I think um, Kirk Cousins would go to the 49ers, and I think the 49ers would probably end up trading Garoppolo to the Patriots. Um, I think that is a definite, definite scenario that could happen. Um, but I think this all is that scenario is dependent on Minnesota getting a different quarterback um, from Kirk Cousins. So we can see, but I think that the 49ers would really like to have Kirk Cousins back. Right, right. I mean, right. not back, but I mean, Kyle Shanahan would like to have Kirk Cousins back as his quarterback. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, I've said this before. I don't, I think Kirk Cousins is an overrated quarterback, puts up good numbers, but can't win the big game, to be honest. And if anybody knows Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game anyways. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you're just combining, you know, the two bad formulas together. Right, right. And I think another quarterback that we could probably mention here is, is, is Sam Donald. Uh, you guys did mention the whole trade for Watson possibly going to the Jets. So if a trade like that were to happen, where does that leave Sam Donald? Uh, I think that Sam Donald may actually be in the mix of going to possibly either the Colts if Wentz doesn't end up going there or to Chicago. And, and uh, you know, I think those would kind of be a couple of teams that would fit him better um, in terms of how they have it built. Just looking at how the Jets kind of built the team, um, Sam Donald was never able to flourish his full capacity that he was able to do because of the offensive line not really having much protection. They've had their tight ends who are, especially Chris Herndon, he's more of a receiving tight end first, but he's had to sit back, line up as a fullback to block as the extra blocker for the linemen. So it takes one offensive weapon out of the play already. Now, going to Chicago, you have that line there. He already has a tight end that, and, and Cole, and, and Cole met, uh, commit, and you know he has the receivers there. He has the running backs there. It's more of a, a, a kind of set offense for him in either, either team, right, with the Colts or with uh, Chicago. So if Watson were to end up at the Jets, then Dalton may end up at one of those two teams there. Or not Dalton, but uh, Sam Donald there. I'm going to make one bold prediction, and y'all can quote me on this uh, series. Mm-hmm. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a backup quarterback for Tom Brady next year. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Mitchell Trubisky was put into the same class as Deshaun Watson, as Patrick Mahomes, as all those other great quarterbacks that we classified in that 2016 draft class. or 20, I believe this is 2016, right? 2017 draft class. And so, personally, I think Trubisky has shown this season – that in, in, the, in the beginning of the season, he was able to put up big numbers before switching it up with Nick Foles and then coming back into that starting position. And so I think for him, he needs guidance. And why not usher in a new quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky into the Tampa Bay organization? That's my bold prediction. I think he's going to start under a very experienced quarterback. And I think that quarterback he needs experience from is Tom Brady. I think that's a pretty good prediction. I think for Trubisky, I think the best options for him would either be New England or Indianapolis. 
I think Frank Reich could really give him. I I I'd, I think Trubisky is a very raw talent still. Um, I believe that he has all the mechanics. He has the arm strength, the mobile ability to make all the throws, but he just doesn't know how to control it and he doesn't know how to get accurate. Um, I think under a Bill Belichick system or under a Frank Reich system, he would flourish um, because those are more, you know, RPO type, you know, timed plays. Um, so, and Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels, his offense is all about timing the plays correctly. So I think uh, Trubisky would definitely flourish there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of movement that's going to happen. I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest hot ticket is going to be Deshaun Watson to see where he goes. Um, and I think that wherever he goes, the dominoes will flow. Um, it's going to be an interesting off season, but before we get to off season, we do have the Super Bowl, and we will get to our Super Bowl picks and our predictions and analysis of the game right after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Ballerverse podcast. This is the Super Bowl special. Now, we have Super Bowl 55 coming up this Sunday in Tampa Bay, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Alishan, Raheem, are you guys ready for this Sunday? Not really. Gotta be as ready as anything, man. It's some old classic football, bro. Yeah, the old, the old man Tom Brady versus the young gun. Patrick Mahomes. Let's see how this goes. So uh, before we get into it, let's, let's get a quick preview of the game. So um, Alishan, what do you think is going to be, uh, which player do you think is going to be the key factor for um, the uh, game overall? To be honest with you, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill. I'm going to be honest with you because you have Carlton Davis, and that's literally your only corner. Right now, you have Antoine Winfield Jr., and you have Jordan Whitehead, who are currently uh, like dealing with injuries at the moment, and then you have some backup secondary. So literally, for Mahomes, it's once you have your receivers open, who's going to stop Tyreek? Like, Tyreek is one of the fastest wide receivers to even play. Who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop Travis Kelsey? Who's going to stop McCole Hardman when he goes off? So I feel like personally, Tyreek Hill and – Travis Kelsey are going to be the two key factors. If they play the way that they played against the Buffalo Bills, it's a wrap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just I, I can second that as well. Right. Um, the 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 Bucks secondary is is banged up, and just watching what Mahomes has done with Hill and Kelsey, it's just it's it's going to be hard to you know not want to see that matchup there. Right. Like the the Bucks defense has not faced an offense like this in the postseason yet this season, right? Um, they haven't had this uh, a team with this many weapons. So it's going to be interesting to see what these two receiving uh, catchers and pass, pass catchers do and how they react to it. Yeah. I'm going to go to the flip side of the ball. Um, due to the injuries that the Kansas City Chiefs now have on their offensive line with um, Eric Fisher, I think is going to be out for the game. 
and now um, they lost their center as well um, due to COVID. Um, I am going to say Shaq Barrett and the pass rushers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be the biggest factor. Um, no matter what, who you are, what quarterback you are, when you are facing a pass rush, it doesn't matter, right? We saw Aaron Rodgers get the ball three times in the fourth quarter last week, only to get sacked continuously because the pressure was too, was too strong for him. Right. Um, at the end of the day, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be under a lot of pressure if, um, especially if Shaq Barrett and the rest of the pass rushers for the Tampa Bay, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, you know, let loose. Um, definitely big injuries on the offensive line. Hopefully they can fill those holes, but that's my biggest uh, matchups. Uh, that's my biggest uh, factor. Um, who do you, what do you think is going to be the key matchup? You know, who versus who will be the key matchup um, for this weekend? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off with this one. Uh, I said you did kind of touch bases on it, right? Um, you know, the last time you and I did the podcast, podcast together you were saying the number zero repeatedly right in terms of how many sacks Rodgers took against the Rams but here we are when they played Tampa they got he got sacked five times you did mention Shaq Barrett and uh, the Tampa Bay uh, line, uh, defensive lineman there that is going to be the factor there right just that that defensive line the the Bucks defensive line and how much pressure they can get on Mahomes and force Mahomes to make mistakes we rarely see him make mistakes, but Miami caused him to get three interceptions in a game. So can the Bucks actually cause him to make mistakes and show, you know, show that Mahomes is not like he's not untouchable, even though he has played lights out in every postseason game. Just that, just a reminder, they still won that game. Right. <laughs> but still, mistakes, right? And that's that's what happens, right? Just you know the mistakes and yeah tom brady and uh, patrick mahomes the only players that can throw three interceptions and still win the game uh yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna let that go I no <laughs> <laughs> um i think uh the key matchup in this situation i'm gonna talk about the flip side of it because i know we've been talking about kansas city's offense and uh, tampa bay's defense but i do want to talk about tom brady's offense yeah, starting a role versus uh, Kansas City's defense. Uh, although Kansas City is like known to have a few good pass rushers, you have Chris Jones, you have Frank Clark on that team, you have Tyron Matthew in the secondary. I feel like the impact that they're going to be making on there needs to help Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it happen in the past. Uh, we've seen defenses who've kind of stepped up. Uh, let's talk about the 2015-2016 Super Bowl with uh, Denver Broncos and Carolina Panthers. It wasn't Peyton Manning who received MVP. It was Vaughn Miller for that last play. Uh, Denver's defense was literally killing it throughout that entire game. Uh, the couple seasons before that, it was the Seattle Seahawks, again, talking about Denver Broncos, who literally annihilated uh, Peyton Manning's offense. And then we talk about a couple years uh, before that, we talk about uh, the Baltimore Ravens taking on San Francisco 49ers and how Ray Lewis's last game and how their defense had pretty much impacted that entire game. So I think it's going to rely on the defense. As much as I want to say Patrick Mahomes is going to light it up, I feel like their defense is going to be the key thing that needs to step up in this game for the fluidity to occur for Kansas City Chiefs. Otherwise, if you if you let Tom Brady go as Tom Brady, we've seen 28-3 and three happen a few years back. So, it, again, we anything can happen in the Super Bowl, for that matter. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to say it's going to be, um, I'm going to get a little bit more specific. I think it's going to be the Buccaneers rushing attack versus Kansas City's rush defense. Uh, Kansas City is at um, is currently, I think, 19th in the league, uh, allowing just uh, above a 120 yards um, per game rushing. Um, I think Leonard Fournette, and if Ronald Jones, I'm not sure if Ronald Jones will play, but um, I think Leonard Fournette is good enough. But if Leonard Fournette and the running backs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get solid starts, I think that'll take a lot of pressure off Tom Brady. And if they can get their rushing attack going, their defense, I mean, Kansas City's defense is pretty suspect. I'm not going to lie. They're not, um, you know, they're not, you know, the best part of Kansas City. Kansas City's known for their offense. So if they get their rushing attack going, I think Brady's going to have a ball. Uh, a good ball game overall because that rushing attack is going to open up the whole passing game for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, and if Antonio Brown is back um, to really can, can, do. Can we comment on how crazy it is that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are both going to be in the Super Bowl this year <laughs> without Mike Tomlin or Ben Roethlisberger's? It's, I, I think it's their sweet revenge <laughs> on, the team, on the team that did not want to pay them or did not want to deal with them in Antonio Brown's case. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, and I it's said incredible. Ronald Jones is actually going to be set to play this uh, this Super Bowl here. Perfect. But the 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 way Tampa Bay's been playing, though, they've literally been relying on Leonard Fournette to be that starting guy. They want to utilize because in the beginning it was Ronald Jones in the very beginning, but they've started to see that Leonard Fournette is not just the third down back anymore. Now he can be that guy who who's utilized as that wild card that can help out with Tom Brady's yeah. run game. Yeah, it's a, it's a great one-two punch they have. I think Ronald Jones is definitely the uh, the elusive running back that they're they're looking for, and then Leonard Fournette is just a bit of both, right? I mean, he's he's the ground and pound guy, but he's also got incredible speed for his size. So, I mean, uh, both of them are first round. I think first round picks, right? Is Ronald Jones also a first yeah. round pick? Yeah, yeah late first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette's a top like top ten pick. Ronald Jones is like a bottom uh, first round pick, but still both of them are first round running backs. They're going to be going at it. Um, and if they get, if they get the space to run the ball um, and they're, they're going to open up the passing game for Tom Brady and he's going to have a field day um, because he's going to have no pressure all day. So with that in mind, let's get to the picks for the Super Bowl. Do we also want to add a score line with it? Yeah. Let's get the picks, the score line. And who do you think the Super Bowl MVP is going to be? I'll start off. Um, I think based off of just how the season's rolled, I think it's going to be not a shootout, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think, I think it's going to go based off of who's going to score that game winning touchdown. Um, I'm going with Kansas city just purely off of the fact that, you know, I, I just can't get over a banged up secondary of Tampa Bay stopping Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I just can't get over that because yes, Tom, we've seen Tom Brady, you know, go off in the past as a quarterback in the Super Bowl, but in a high pressure game like this, you're going against the team who won the Super Bowl last year. And on top of that, with a brand new team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a new coach. So I feel like for Tom Brady, it's a lot of pressure being put on against him. Anything goes wrong in that situation. I'd rather go with the team that has at least shown fluidity and that at least has represented the fact that they are the best team in the NFL. So for me, it's going to be Kansas City winning 28-24. to And I think the MVP, in my opinion, is going to be Patrick Mahomes. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, you know, that's definitely, definitely good predictions there. Uh, you know, just Kansas City returning to the Super Bowl here after winning it last year. They're just the 14th defending Super Bowl champion to return to the actual Super Bowl. Uh, they're looking to become the first team since Brady's Patriots in 03 and 04 to actually repeat. Um, I do not think they're going to repeat. I am going to go with Brady. Uh, and, and this hurts me to, to say this because I grew up not cheering for Brady. I was always a Manning fan. I cheered for Peyton, cheered for Eli. I cheered for the Eagles when, when Nick Foles beat them. I cheered for the, for the Falcons until they blew that lead as well. So I've always went against Brady in every Super Bowl that he's gone to and every matchup he's gone to. So are you hoping that this time if you cheer for him, he's going to lose? I, I, I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping, but it's, it's the, the, stars, the stars align together, man. Uh, that the first team to play a Super Bowl in their host city, that, you know, that Tampa is the first team to do it there. And yeah, just, just trying to add on to Brady's legacy there as the greatest of all time. He's going to be the only quarterback to win a Super Bowl in his home stadium with a new team in his first season. Uh, Alishan, like you said, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. It is going to be a close game here. Um, it's, I, I would say it would be a field goal game, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, in terms of the score here, I'm going to say it's going to be 17 to 13. I don't think it'll be as ex- the, 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 the yards will be explosive, but it's going to be coming down to a lot of goal line stance, and they're just gonna they're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna see that goal line stance and, and how Tampa brought that defense to to the Saints. That's the type of defense they're gonna to want to bring against Mahomes there. Uh, so in terms of the off, uh, in terms of the MVP, I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Shaquille Barrett and the defense uh, the defensive lineman there for for Tampa Bay. I think he's gonna be a difference maker in terms of how he gets to uh, to Mahomes and kind of messes with how he has his uh, normal games there. Yeah, um, I think this is a very unique Super Bowl where we have um, Tampa Bay playing at their home stadium. Um, definitely, a, even if it's not a home field advantage with the amount of fans that are going to be there, it's definitely a home field advantage in the fact that you know your field. You're very familiar with, you know, what areas are good. You're very familiar with the with the grass. This is where you play at. Um, I personally think that the injuries to the Kansas City offensive line is going to be a detriment to their offense. Um, definitely agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is weak, and I do think that uh, that Patrick Mahomes will, you know, have some luck through the air but I feel like he's going to be in constant duress the entire day. Um, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this game 35 to 31. Um, I think I, I definitely believe that the, um, that the chiefs are going to put up a lot of points, but uh, I don't think they'll put up enough to win the game. Uh, I think, um, I think Patrick Mahomes will be under a lot of pressure. I also have Shaq Barrett as MVP Raheem stole my pick. Um, yeah, I think Shaq Baird, um, will definitely be MVP. If not him, then definitely, um, you're looking at probably Levante David or, um, even, even, uh, is it Devin White? Um, you know, one of the linebackers. Sue. 
I don't think Sue's going to be MVP. I don't think Sue's going to do. I think Devin White has had a lot more impact with this Bucks line, like yeah, linebacker. It's it's going to be it's going to be one of the linebackers. It's either going to be a pass rusher or a linebacker. I think it's going to be a defensive player. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes throws two interceptions in this game um or fumble has two turnovers it'll be interceptions or fumbles or something um i think that uh, that defensive line is just gonna get after him um but he's gonna he's gonna come back he's gonna keep it close i mean with with weapons like tyree kill and, and travis kelsey you can score two or three touchdowns really quickly but i also think that the chiefs defense will be exposed by tom brady and the amazing weapons that he has um so i think that the tampa Bay buccaneers will win the super bowl and it'll be a 35 to 31 game and Brady will win his seventh and come back again just to rub it in his face, rub it in all of our faces. And we, uh, you know, cause in these high pressure games, apparently the centers have had issues snapping the ball to their quarterback. We've seen it twice with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. So can we say that maybe possibly something like that will happen? I, I think so. I mean, didn't that happen against uh, like that? Was it the Peyton Manning Super Bowl where like the first snap of the game was like a touchdown yeah, for the Seahawks defense? <laughs> no, I'm saying it, it could happen. I mean, it, we did talk about Eric Fisher in the center for the Kansas City Chiefs being injured. It could be a possibility that maybe their backup center is in a high pressured situation where he's not familiar with um, this type of like mentality. And also how you mentioned uh, Tampa Bay being at home with mm-hmm. the fans uh, is going to definitely be putting in pressure for the for these linemen. So it it's all really going to depend on how the linemen really take on against uh, the Buccaneers' pass like pass rush defense, who we've seen explode um, this entire season. Right, definitely. Uh, I think overall it'll be a fun Super Bowl Sunday. Um, it's going to be a historic one for sure. Either Tampa Bay, you know, it's already historic when Tampa Bay is hosting its own Super Bowl. Um, you have Tom Brady and pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes, the dream Super Bowl matchup going head to head. Let's hope it's a good game. I don't want it to be another Peyton Manning Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. Boy, I love how uh, all of us are doing a four point line on this, too. <laughs> hold the line, hold the line. <laughs> <laughs> now, start with that now. Rob. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Had enough pain on the stock market this week. It's okay. It's about about to explode. All right. This is not a stock channel. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, that's it for our show today. Hope everybody has an amazing Super Bowl Sunday. Um, It's definitely going to be sad without football for the next six months. Um, But we'll be back after this episode after um this super bowl sunday with you know more nba news more soccer news more you know even potential mlb news yeah, um MLB. taco you know, tuesday yeah taco, taco tuesday, tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back um thank you for all of you who have been following us on instagram and twitter um if you have not please keep up with us we'll be posting polls and um some informational stuff over the next few weeks on our channel please follow us on um, instagram at ballerverse podcast and on twitter as well thank you so much for our listeners and with that let's take make it a wrap in three two one